The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to our Lions post-game show. Lions 27, Colts 26, First preseason win of the year. First preseason win under the Dan Campbell era. We're here to break it all down. My name is Jeremy Rice, and I'm the editor-in-chief over at Pride of Detroit. With me to break down an entertaining preseason game, I would say. Uh, senior editor of Pride of Detroit at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. Ryan Matthews is here. Ryan, how are we doing, buddy? Uh, consider me entertained. Yeah. Yeah. Considering this was a game that featured almost no starters, uh, not an easy thing to do, but... Uh, the Lions looked, I don't want to say dominant, dominance too too strong of a word, but it, but they looked like a strong team. They looked like a team that I don't have a lot of guys that, that are willing to fight for a job that, that know that their jobs are on the line and, and really played considerably well. And we'll, we'll get to some individual performances, but um, I don't know, I guess your overall thoughts on, on the game, Ryan. Well, you know, I, Dan Campbell's press conference is going on right now. And uh, I, I just saw an interesting tidbit from Justin Rogers who, who tweeted out and said that Campbell said establishing the run to get a good look at the backup offensive lineman was a point of emphasis today. Yeah. And that certainly was the case. I mean, you and I joked uh, before the game, we were like, so, you know, the offense, there's really nothing to look forward to the second string offensive line. Like they looked terrible last week. Uh, against Atlanta they haven't looked particularly good in training camp um wow they stepped up in a huge way today and 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 I'm not trying to discredit the running backs because I think they deserve a ton of credit themselves as as well but I I mean there are some standout performances along the offensive line but I think that like stock up for mostly everybody who you know stepped in and, and played really well and you know leading a Lions ground game to 33 carries for 174 yards yeah pretty good Great. I mean, I was I was shocked by how well they were able to run in this game and conversely stop the run. The the Colts ran for 30 yards on 17 carries, 1.7 yards per carry. No run longer than five yards for the Colts in this game. And I mean, how how quickly does that put last week in the rearview mirror where they couldn't stop a thing against the Falcons? And and listen, this is this is consistent of what I saw during joint practices all week all week. 
I really thought the Lions defensive front, especially the depth of their defensive front, was much better than the Colts offensive line. So I, I think maybe part of that is is opponent. I don't think the Colts offensive line is very deep or very good. But but to go back to the offense, too, because, yeah, I, I was surprised by how good in general the offense looked overall. And, and that goes beyond, I think, the running game, because. I think both backup quarterbacks did a pretty nice job here as well. And that 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 was kind of the one storyline on offense that we were like, okay, maybe that still has a little bit of intrigue. So where is that moved for you um, going into the game versus the end of the game there? Yeah, so I, I think I came away at the end of the first half. I, l- let me rewind a little bit. The interception that David Blau throws, right? Yeah. Uh, the ball that he tries to fit into a really tight window ends up getting deflected, popped up interception. It's on David Blau. Yeah. All the way up to that point though, I'm like, I really think David Blau is QB too. I really do. Like he's doing every, like some of the things that really stood out to me, especially pocket poise. Yep. You know, he looked very comfortable, you know, in the pocket, you know, the, even the first play, like play action, dump it off for a screen. That was really effective. Like I was very impressed with David Blau and just how he was bouncing back from, you know, uh, su- such an awful end to, to the previous week that was documented on hard knocks. Right. And then I thought that he shook it off up until the interception and the interception happened. And it's like, you did, you did everything right. Like you were, you were pretty good all the way up to this point, but then. Yeah. That's he, what I was going to say. Then he, then he comes back. So it's like David Blau is the ultimate, like, Give you a little, then take a little bit from you, and then give a little, and then take a little bit from you, and and then I think you're just left feeling, you're left feeling like, I, I'm not sure who has right. the lead right now. Like it's, I'm not, I'm not sure who has the lead at this point. Right, because Boyle, Boyle did play. I think maybe his best preseason game I've seen him play, in in the two years he's been here. But to go back to Blau after that interception. It felt like for a second things were falling apart for Blau. Like the, there was a couple of missed throws after that. I, I think he took a, a sack he probably shouldn't have taken after that. But that he last did, drive, yeah. that last drive to end the first half was exactly what that kid needed, right? Because of how last week ended, because it did seem like, uh oh, like things are sliding here. Maybe Boyle's going to take over and 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 take back that number two spot, but. Just like a couple of really good third down conversions, obviously getting in the end zone too. That was the one thing that I think, while I think Blau was outplaying Boyle for most of the preseason so far, the one thing we could say about Boyle is he led a touchdown drive. Up until that point, Blau hadn't, and he had really, really struggled in the red zone. And listen, when you're in the red zone, the guy with the strong arm is the guy who's a little bit more valuable because there's there's tighter windows, not not a lot of open receivers when you're when you're that deep and and that's a weakness in Blau's game and you know he had he had a tough tough set of receivers because all of your tall guys are out in this game you have basically just all sl- quick speedsters but uh I mean we'll, we'll we'll talk to talk about Tom Kennedy in a minute but just capping that drive off with a touchdown I think was so huge for Blau not only in terms of his own confidence which I'm sure you know, he goes out of this game feeling a lot better about himself than he would have. But I think the coaches probably took notice of that and, and feel pretty good about him too. Yeah, I, I think I think the best way to describe both the guys today, their play, it it was some good, some bad. And I don't really think that there was a whole lot of ugly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I think Tim Boyle had the one bad throw that he 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 should have hit Maurice Alexander in the right. back of the end zone, but that's who Tim Boyle is. You know what I mean? Like sure. the, you know, a, a ball that just absolutely sails on him because of, as you mentioned, it, it seems like his Achilles heel is also his greatest strength, right? Like that, that strong arm. Yep. It, it works both ways for, for Tim Boyle. So 
I, I don't know. Do you have a guy who you think has kind of taken a narrow no. lead in nope. QB2? No? It, I, I thought Boyle was a little bit better than Blau in this game, but I came into this yeah. game pretty convinced that Blau was the number two in, in the coach's mind, in my mind, and all that. But, I mean, I, I think we have to talk about the 18-play drive that won this game for the Lions because Boyle was magnificent. Like, I... There was the missed touchdown pass, and 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 that should rightfully be brought up because, like you said, that is kind of his Achilles' heel there. But he scrambled for a first down on on that drive, and 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 a play he probably should have been sacked on. Uh, converted, I think, three other first downs on that drive with his arm, and and just showed a lot of poise. That that was the one thing that I thought Blau consistently had over Boyles, just pocket poise. He stood in there on a couple of those throws and and looked calm. Found Trinity Benson for a first down. Found. Uh, gosh, I don't even know. Like that, I think maybe Shane, this is, Shane Zilstra. Shane Zilstra. Third, that's right. Who, that, that's another guy that we need to talk about. Yeah, and so I mean, I I think the quarterback competition is is really going to go into this third game, and it'll be it'll be really interesting to see where it goes. But let's let's move to those skill position players because again, like really interesting storylines along the way. And I think let's start at wide receiver because Maurice Alexander. Uh, just made things a whole lot more interesting when it came to the kick returner job because Godwin Iguabuke, again, did not get any kick return reps. And Dan Campbell said last week that was because they already know what they have in Godwin there. Um, and so, I mean, he, I don't, I don't know what to do with this, Ryan, because two really big returns from Maurice Alexander, and I don't think those were flukes either. I, I, I've noted it a couple times throughout training camp. This guy looks like a pure returner. They they mentioned that on the broadcast, and I, I think it's a point worth bringing up. Like, he's fresh. He just came off a USFL performance, and he's kind of already hitting the ground running, caught a few passes in this game. Like, how serious are we considering Maurice Alexander for a, a roster spot here? Because there's a log jam at the end now. Like, we're, we're going to talk about Tom Kennedy again. Trinity Benson caught some some important passes in this game. The, the one guy that, that continues to kind of be missing is, is Quintus Cephas. And I don't know, like, he's also one of the more unique talents that they have in their reserves, but he can't get on the field. So I don't know wh- wh- where do you have this whole kind of mess of a situation right now going into the, the final preseason game? Well, this is something that you brought up on Twitter and, and I know we've talked about it before, but when you look at Tom Kennedy uh, specifically, you wonder what is he bringing to you on special teams? Because it's very clear that Maurice Alexander has carved out a role for himself as a kick returner. At the very least, he also returned three punts in this game. Yeah. So I think the coaching staff also wanted to see what they had back there. I, I still think probably Khalif Raymond is your guy, right? but in a pinch, it's really nice to know that you might have a guy who can come in and do that for you and, you know, secure, secure a punt. So th- the kick returns are the big thing though, right? Like yep. if, if this guy, I mean, he had what four, four returns for 152 yards with, with a long of 61 and, you know, a, a couple of those returns, I mean, they set the Lions up with great field position and you, you can't ask for anything more than that. And I, I think when you start to do some of the calculus, I think you start to look around and, and it's interesting enough. We'll, we'll talk about it when we get to the defense, but like same thing with like Levi owns Enrique not being out there. It's the same thing with like Quintus Cephas not being out there. Like there's a guy who's going to who's going to perform in these games and show how versatile and and how they can be utilized. And Maurice Alexander, I think was that guy today um, who can bring some special teams juice. And maybe you just, you know, maybe that's the guy who caps off your, your wide receivers. You know what I mean? Right. Cause I mean, you got your top four, like this is not debatable. These four are making the team with DJ Chark, with Josh Reynolds, with Khalif Raymond and Amon Ra. 
Right. Those four are locks. Like there's which is debating. which is which is funny because real quick, just if you notice on the TV broadcast, like the locks that they showed, yeah, some of them were a little iffy. They were um, a little iffy. But but yeah, so yeah, go ahead, continue. So, so so then, what do you want in those those guys? Because if if they're Tom Kennedy and they're they're Maurice Alexander, well, you got one guy who can return and and probably is an okay guy. You've got Tom Kennedy who's good as a reserve receiver, but just has no role. On game days, right? Like he he hasn't played special teams much. He doesn't show much as a special teamer. I know he's capable of returning punts, but they clearly haven't tried him to do it because he's he's not an explosive guy in that sort of way. So, and, and like, are are we really pushing Trinity Benson down? A guy who's by all accounts done pretty well as a receiver and does a lot on special teams. I don't think I don't think you move him down necessarily out of any of those guys. And you kind of have to mix this in with the running back conversation as well, because Godwin, again, a guy who does a lot on special teams, he's a four phase special teams. Are you just going to kick him out of there for, for Maurice Alexander? I, I just, I don't, I don't know. It's a really complicated situation because, and and I don't know if you have anything left to say on the wide receivers, because I think the running backs are just as confusing right now as well. Yeah. I want to talk about the running backs. The last thing I have to say about the wide receivers is I, I, I think What's so interesting about it is, and it's a good position for the Lions to be in, right? Like it's been a while since the Lions have been in a roster building phase where it's like, man, they have to make some really tough, difficult decisions when it comes down to cut down day. Yeah. But yeah, the running backs, I I, I don't know if this was by design or just funny coincidence, but (laughs) did you notice that uh, four running backs each had seven carries? I see that now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the the one thing I think we can say pretty definitively is Craig Reynolds is still RB3, and that's probably not changing, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I love a lot of what Craig Reynolds brings to the table, and I think that he's a solid running back three. I, I just think that his potential is so capped because he doesn't have that getaway speed. True. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's a guy who has great vision. He hits the hole. He seems to be a, a favor to Deuce Daly because he, he loves taking those runs inside. Um, but... Man, the the RB four <laughs> shrug my shoulders and say like whoever you want it to be. I I think it was a little unfair that Justin Jackson got handed all the blame on that fumble because sure. it looked it looked like David Blau maybe stumbled a little bit and overextended on the handoff. But I mean, Justin Jackson looked pretty damn good. It's, Seven it's, carries, fifty four yards. That guy's no scrub, and it, it was interesting the the broadcast saying multiple times like. Dan Campbell brought him up multiple times to us because he's a guy that that you shouldn't overlook. And listen, he's he's an accomplished running back. He he had a few really good seasons with the Chargers. So I don't think he's someone you can completely overlook. And then Godwin, a guy that that I think a lot of people, because we saw Alexander do so well and because he's been repping so so down deep in the rotation, people are starting to count out, comes out and has a really good second half. The, The one guy that I think has not impressed me yet this entire preseason and you can really throw it in training camp. I hate to say it's Jamar Jefferson. I think he might be on the outside looking in right now. I think it's pretty clear. Like when Jamar gets the ball, he has a lot of juice. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It just, it doesn't seem like it. It doesn't seem like it always translates to, to yards or it doesn't always with me. Like I just, yeah. Yeah. It, It doesn't always translate to a productive play. Like you see, like he has the shiftiness. He has the explosiveness. It's just, if I'm weighing the difference between keeping Jamar Jefferson and Godwin Iguabuke, like like you mentioned, Jeremy, this is a guy who's like four phase special teamer, offense, <laughs> emergency situation. He can play some defense. Like th- this is a guy who I'm probably going to prioritize keeping on the roster above a guy who has juice but doesn't really, you know, bear any fruit. 
Yeah, no, I, I don't see any sort of justification for, for getting Jamar Jefferson in the game over Godwin Iguabuke. Because again, like the special teams thing too. Like I know Jamar Jefferson has been working on that all offseason and I know he's better at it, but he's just not as good as Godwin is at this point. And, and because Godwin can do so much, he's on kick return, he's on kick coverage, he's on punt, like he's on everything. Um Wait, but, but yeah, I was just gonna say really quick, like I, I think I think Justin Jackson has worked his way into that conversation with with uh Godwin. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You want to touch on tight ends really quick? Cause Shane Zilstra, a uh, pretty good game. And then we saw our first impressions of, of James Mitchell. So what were your thoughts there? Yeah. Well, l- let me tackle Shane Zilstra because this is a guy who I-, I know Dan Campbell has talked about him. He's mentioned him in press conferences. He's highlighted his abilities. This guy looked really good today. Not only as a pass catcher, because I mean, five catches for 34 yards, a couple of them, some pretty big catches yeah. uh, to extend some drives. But man, it seemed like as I was watching the offensive line move a lot of people, Shane Zilster was consistently in the right spot to make a block, and he was making those blocks too, um, which I was really impressed with. And and now we're getting ourselves into another tricky conversation here with tight end three because I, I agree. I thought this was a really good performance from Shane Zilstra. He was there with the the what the quote unquote ones um, along with Brock Wright early on. And so do you like, I think the debate here is Shane Zilstra probably brings you more in week one, week two, week three, week four, but does James Mitchell give you more in the long term? And that's a question that I, that is going to be a really hard one to answer for this team, considering James Mitchell is just now kind of getting into team reps. Do you keep four tight ends? Maybe, maybe if, if maybe you can use that extra spot if you if you get rid of a third quarterback or if if Kabinda is on you know pup to start the season maybe that opens a spot for TE4 um but i i think the lines are working themselves into again another really tricky conversation here because uh, it's not that James Mitchell isn't there yet I thought he he did some good things in this game, but it was more of a mixed bag, and understandably so. This is his first NFL action, um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's it's another really really tricky conversation, and the the roster spots just aren't going to be there for all these guys in in these skill position players, and so the lines are are really going to be crossing their fingers. I think when when cut time comes to to that some of these guys slip through waivers so they can put them on the practice squad. Yeah, and I agree with the uh, with the assessment of James Mitchell. It, it was just it seemed like maybe like early on there was some first NFL game jitters. Sure, uh, you know, missing that that block on the backside that you know eventually led to a a, a sack. Um, but did make some nice catches, and he also made what I noticed too. And, and I really wanted to focus on the blocking aspect of the tight ends today, so that's why I, I wanted to highlight the fact that Shane Zilstra was awesome. I think in in um, you know, run blocking mm-hmm. in that phase. James Mitchell, though, he was just like in the right spots. Right. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't always necessarily being like super physical, but he was always just like in the way just enough for a running back to hit a lane. Yeah. And 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 maybe maybe, you know, as the reps come, as the the as he gets more in-game action, we'll we'll, we'll see a little bit more of, of the the physicality that I think that we've we've read about a little bit and and yeah. things like that, and his willingness to be a blocker. I, I think the speed of the game needs to catch up to him a little bit as well. Just they, they put him in some tough situations where he would have to run across the line to to block a guy coming around the edge, and a, a couple of those times he was a little late. Um, but but I think it'll get there. I, and, and timing so, stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I think the third preseason game will be big for him. But uh, but let's move to the defensive side of the ball here because uh, um, a, a very different performance than than last week where. They, they didn't get burned too much through the air last week, but just got gashed on the ground. It was kind of the reversal this week. 
Um, but I want to start with the linebackers because we we got the starting linebacker duo of of what could be the future of this team. You kind of hope it's the future of this team with Malcolm Rodriguez and Derek Barnes, and they look pretty damn good. Derek Barnes had himself a game. Derek Barnes stock up, man. For yeah. for as for as rough as a game as he had in preseason week one against the Falcons, I thought he bounced back beautifully in this game. I think his PFF grade will reflect that. I, I think the eyeball test uh, bears that out as well. Like it seemed like he was hitting the. It seems like he was filling his gaps. It seems like he was hitting it and made some tackles, made some plays. Rodrigo, the same thing, you know. Yeah. And 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 it, here's the cool thing about that, Jeremy. Like you just said, if that hopefully is the Lions linebackers of the future, talk about a fourth round and a sixth round pick, right? I mean, that, that could be huge. That'd be great. Um, they, they weren't in there for long, so we don't we don't right. we probably shouldn't overhype them. But um, just a, a, definitely a step in the right direction for a unit that has caused a lot of stress for Lions fans. And and then you saw Derek Barnes. I think it was the opening kickoff of the second half. Go down and make a big special teams tackle too. And so that goes a long way, I'm sure, with the coaching staff. For sure. Yeah. I, I want to know: Was there anybody beyond those two guys at the linebacker position though that? that stood out to you from just your first watch. Yeah. It's tough to say. I think I I actually saw Sean Dion Hamilton and Josh Woods make some, some good plays. And those were guys that that graded up pretty well in the first game too. So um, again, I I think you have to consider uh, strength of opponent here. I I don't think the Colts are a very deep team when it comes to the defensive front and things like that. Um, But also I, I think you have to give a lot of credit to the linebackers performance for some of the things the defensive front was doing in this game. Because there were a lot, they, there were a handful of standouts on that defensive front. They they might not have been always giving getting a lot of pressure outside of Austin Bryant, who I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit. But there weren't a lot of lanes for those running backs to run through. And, and like I said, they only got one rush of five yards. That was their longest play. So um, anyone on on the defensive front that besides we'll, we'll get to Austin Bryant, but anyone out on on the defensive front that you you liked in this game. I'm not sure I want to see a Lions 53-man roster that doesn't include Demetrius Taylor. Yeah. I I want yeah. that I want that guy on this football team and and I'll tell you why. He might not be able to anchor, right? He he, he might not be the guy who can two gap and and force a running back a certain way, but holy hell can that guy with his quick first step he can he could be disruptive like he was consistently penetrating and getting into the backfield yeah and he was just there on so many plays he he forced a holding call um that that pushed back a, a, a colt's drive that was moving into into you know the lions red zone i uh i i mean it's just like every snap it seems like he's just blowing by his guy he and again him. again like you said jeremy it's the second line for you know for a colt's offensive line that doesn't have great depth but man, I mean, make the most of it. And like yeah. he flashed for sure. Big time. And and that interior defensive line spot is something that we've been scratching our heads for just for someone to, to make a move. Like Deshaun, Jason Cornell was the, the talk of the training camp for like the first two weeks. And then it was nothing. It was nobody. It, you right. know, Bruce, Bruce Hector has been pretty quiet. Um, Isaiah Bugs is a guy that, that has a very specific role, but hasn't really flashed one way or the other. This was the kind of flash performance that is like, okay, maybe there is a guy on this defensive defensive roster that they could play. Uh, and, and listen, like these guys are going to have to play a big role early, early in the season, because we don't know what, if Levi is going to be ready, Josh Pascal, who's a guy who's probably going to play a lot of interior snaps once he's ready also might not be ready. So who is going to be there behind rockers? Who's going to be there behind Ali McNeil? Like 
I'm out of names already. So so having a guy like that flash is is big. And I know he's an undrafted rookie and, and we don't want to get too excited about undrafted rookies, but in in a unit in which we needed a hero, maybe we found one tonight. Sure. And 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 I guess specifically why I think Taylor stands out so much is because you're looking for that guy who can pass rush from the three tech because yep. that's supposed to be Levi's job. You know, that's what everybody yep. was hoping Levi would be able to do. So you got to find a guy who can supplement that in your roster and, and, and it might be Taylor, but some of the other guys, I, I don't want to be remiss to, to forget like Eric Banks. I thought had a solid game. Yeah, John can Kam- injured, but yeah, John Kaminsky, I thought Kaminsky was in a lot of plays yep. led the team in yep. tackles in this game, which I mean, if you're a defensive lineman with six tackles, two tackles for losses and a quarterback hit for, I think, I think he'll eventually, they did credit him with that sack. I think it the, should be a half sack between him, him and, and Austin Brian. Yeah. 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 Um, the, the Kaminsky thing though, like, like I just said for Demetrius Taylor kind of filling Levi's role as he's injured John Kaminsky for Josh Pascal. Josh Pascal. You yeah. It. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah, I, um, anything I, should we, should, should I just pave the floor for you to talk wax poetically about Austin Bryan or I, we, I mean, we don't even have to talk about him too much anymore. Like the only reason he was playing in the fourth quarter of this game is because I, I, I think, um, it, it, it was injury to uh, to Eric Banks, and and I think even James Houston got knocked up a little bit uh, late in that game. Um, that was a weird way to say that. Uh, but but like like Austin Bryant, he's 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 a lock for the roster at this point. He makes plays every single day in training camp. He had a three sack day in training camp this week, and now fills it up with a it follows it up with a two. It's technically one sack, but I think we all saw that he was at least in on that second sack. So that dude's on the roster. Meanwhile, a guy like James Mitchell. I don't have on the roster anymore. I just, I, I don't like James Houston, James Houston. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. um, he's, he's a guy that, that I, I keep waiting to flash. I keep waiting. Like, okay, you're, you're in against third and fourth stringers. This is, this is where you should be beating up guys. Like you were at Jackson state. And it's just not happening. Yeah. I, I think what's, I think what's bearing in, in watching the game is that Austin Bryan is showing some moves, man. Like yeah. he's got, he's got that Spins, chop. Yeah. He's oh, got that, yeah, that chop, chop that he does. Nasty. Right. And I mean, I, I just don't know if James Houston is there. You know what I mean? So it, it seems like he's a guy who's, and I don't mean this as, as a slight at all, but like I kind of view him in the same way as I view Tom Kennedy, like perfect guys for the practice squad. Yeah. Like yep. you, you do this one thing. Tom Kennedy is a, is a great, is, is a great supplemental receiver. If you need that James Houston, he could develop into a pass rusher. He just needs the moves. Yep. And, and I think that's what you're seeing cornerbacks mm-hmm. jeff okuda played man he did not again not a ton but he he had that uh open field tackle on the third down to to get the the defense off the field um and otherwise was quiet which is exactly what you want out of a cornerback especially uh, a guy who could be a starter going up against guys that aren't going to start for the colts yeah um unfortunately can't really say the same for will harris he had a more eventful day which is not a good thing as a cornerback because bites on the play action or, or really the bubble screen i guess it was uh gets beat deep uh i think gives up another first down on on, on, a, on a crossing route where he was just playing a little too far off and got caught up in the weeds um is it fair to say jeff okuda is i mean considering both these guys probably aren't go- i mean maybe they play maybe they don't in the third preseason game but is it advantage jeff okuda is he is he going to be the week one starter now or are you convinced of that based on this game I, I showed you my notes uh, before we started our little chat here, and uh, I'm checking on the first defensive series, and I have Will Harris getting cooked, um, <laughs> and and it was it was the two plays that you just that you just said, and yeah. I, I I have to think that it, it's Okuda, right? Like I, I think, and and here's the thing: it's always really tough to to gauge 
how well cornerbacks and safeties are playing with the TV broadcast. You really right. need all 22 film to, to see that stuff. Um, but I, I think right now, I, I think I can say with, uh, you know, some, some confidence that I, I would put Okuda ahead of Will Harris slightly at this point. Yeah. I think that's where I'm at too. Um, let's, let's close out with the safeties uh, really quick, because I think Kirby Joseph may have played literally a hundred snaps and hundred percent of the snaps in this game. Um, given that, that they were giving pretty much everyone the starters rest and, and no CJ Moore And um, I don't know, man, I, I, <laughs> The, 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 I don't really have much to say about about Savion Smith or, or, uh, or Juju Hughes. I mean, um, but I, I, I think I think we're still a bit a ways away from from feeling confident of putting Kirby Joseph out there for for really any reason. Yeah, it's going to take time, and I yeah. think that I think that we kind of knew that going into the season that it was going to take some time for him to get some seasoning. Yeah, and clearly, like you said, he might have played a hundred percent of the snaps <laughs> in this game. So. Uh, clearly the lions coaching staff thinks thinks that he needs the reps too so um it i i know we're kind of wrapping up here with safety but i i found it very interesting that mike hughes was playing very late into this game um i don't know i'm not sure what to to make of that entirely i i guess i'm i don't either because i don't know who was was aj didn't play in this game right dude I don't like I'd have to look at the nickel snaps after the game because I don't think I saw Chase Lucas in there until late in the game either. So, yeah, I I, there was a lot of Mark Gilbert run um, for for better and oftentimes for worse. Um, Tough tough break on him with the the OPI that wasn't called. Yeah, that was tough. Um, And Cedric Boswell, um, he's out there trying, man. (laughs) Uh, you don't, you but, don't want to slam these bottom of the roster guys. I get it. I, uh, that's, uh, that's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to say no, is, no, I'm... uh, yeah, I, as far as safety position goes though, like, I, I think what's so interesting about that is again, it's a position where the starters are fixed. Yeah. It, 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 it feels like, you know, you have Tracy Walker, you have Deshaun Elliott, but you're really hoping that there's a third guy that steps up. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people were a little presumptive in their assumption that it would just be Kirby Joseph right out of the box. It, I, it's not going to be him right out of the box. Well, yeah. And unfortunately, like this is the time when you'd really like iffy to be out there and playing and, and be that guy, or, or maybe CJ Moore is that guy, but both those guys are dealing with injuries right now. And so if he needs are, the reps, if yeah. he needs the reps at safety. And that, I mean, that's also probably why Kirby Joseph, I, I would be surprised actually, if he didn't play every single snap in this game is because they're just so injured at the position. So they need that backup guy. And I think they just don't have a healthy one on the roster right now. So hopefully it's if he's ho- hopefully it's, it's, um, I mean, maybe they slide Bobby Price in there who doesn't look horrible at corner. I don't know. But yeah. uh, but I think let's let's leave it there. We're going to have uh, more in-depth thoughts on Sunday night for the main POD cast. If you want to watch us live here on twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit, this will be up on the podcast feed Sunday morning. The full podcast will be Monday morning. Um, but until then, guys, I think we're going to leave it there. Lions again, 27, Colts 26. Get their first preseason win under the Dan Campbell era. We'll have full thoughts tomorrow. But until then, thank you all for joining us. It's chaos. Be kind.